Welcome to the sports edition of the Revolution Sports Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Wood. Thank you for joining us today on this Monday morning. Just before we get started, I want to kind of explain real quick just what happened last week. You know, we didn't have anything last week. Just once again, schedule, it just all came to a head last week. Was not able to get any content from the podcast out last week. So that's something that will happen very rarely. It does not happen very often. But we are back this week. We are in full swing. We got a lot to talk about since we missed last week. Had a lot of got a lot of action to break down from the college football weekend. Just so much to go over. Had so many different things that happened. We, like I said, we didn't get the last week, so a lot's happened over the last two weeks. I'm not really going to go back to last week, but I'll kind of give an idea of how some of this stuff played into one another. But and then we also got two games we're going to take a look at from the NFL, and then from there we'll just that we'll probably call it a day there. But tomorrow we'll have our. Politics edition of the uh, Revolution Sports Podcast. Wednesday, there'll be nothing. Thursday, sports. Friday, politics. Saturday, college football preview and prediction shows. So, had an article out for that on Friday. So, make sure you are keeping up with our social media pages. That's where all that type of stuff comes out at. So, definitely be looking for that. And uh, just like I said, though, had a good bit that was going on last week. Didn't want to come in here and just put out some halfway done content. I want to come in here and give you everything I got. So I was not able to do that last week. I apologize. But this week we're a full go and looking to stay at a full go at least into the week of Christmas. And then we'll probably take a week off. Then uh, from the podcast we'll do regular updates for sports and and politics on uh, like breaking news, that type of stuff. But that week you can go ahead and prepare for that if you'd like. But Christmas we will that week of Christmas we will be off. So, But with that said, though, once again, we are full go this week. So let's dive right in. Just got two games from the NFL we're going to talk about. Uh, first one up we're going to talk about, we're going to look at the Carolina Panthers and the Washington football team. This was a matchup that I had circled this week, not because it was just a huge matchup, just for the simple fact that, Cam Newton was getting his first start and his return back to Carolina. Um, didn't have a good go with the Patriots last year. Didn't really play much. You know, this this season, he's been out for a while. Signs with him, makes the comeback. Doesn't start game one, and then game two, he gets the start. They look like they're going to roll with him for the rest of the year. And going off of the game, his first start of the year with the Panthers, I'd say it's a, it's a good decision to go with. He looked good in this matchup. A lot better than I thought, and... I think a, a lot of his problem is that he doesn't have that deep ball arm like he used to. He's very in, more inaccurate when he's gone down the field. So I think that's hurt him. He's definitely been a more mobile quarterback, and the older you get, mobile quarterbacks just don't produce as well. And so I think that's been the case. But he turned back the clock today. He had a really good performance. And while it doesn't like just blow off the you know off the page when it comes to statistics, I mean he was twenty one of twenty seven, had one hundred eighty nine yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean he played good overall. He took care of the football. He threw the ball downfield just a little bit. Hit people in stride when he threw. I mean only had six incompletions. You really can't ask for much more, especially in a guy's first start who's trying to learn the playbook once again. And so, I mean, it's just a, it was a good first game. So, but he's going to have a lot of matchups that are coming up that he's going to have to play better in. And that's evident, but they obviously know that they're trying to at least get a playoff spot here at the end. And it's going to be paramount that he's at the top of his game if that's going to happen. But they ended up dropping this one 27 to 21. That's because Washington, they played a good football game. They were defense stepped up there at the end, was able to get two turnover on downs just to, just to end that fourth quarter. Their quarterback played for, played really really well. Had the best game of his career, I would say, in uh, in uh, just this matchup overall. And Henneke, he was uh, 16 to 22, 206 yards passing, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Had a QBR of 141.3. So just probably the best 
not statistically, but best overall managing the game, doing what he's supposed to do, not forcing anything, and that's what you want out, excuse me, QBR of 92.5, excuse me, and uh, just played phenomenal in this matchup and did everything that he was supposed to, lead him on two drives at the end, they get two field goals out of it, walk out 27-21, that's what you want to do, that's what they did, big win for Ron Rivera as he comes back to his former team, obviously you always want to get that win, they were able to do that, so Washington walks out a winner, it's definitely going to be fun though to watch, watch Carolina, just see how they really reincorporate Cam Newton, see how much better he he gets as the season progresses, knowing that playbook better, having more time experience on his hands with that, because it was evident, especially in like two-minute drill at the end, where he was really struggling, he just, I mean, when you don't know the playbook as well, you're trying to remember stuff, it's just a lot of stuff can happen, you can, execution isn't downright, so that's something to be expected, but they felt comfortable running with him there at the end of the two-minute, but I mean, that's just why, why I say I feel like they're going to ride with him the rest of the way unless something major happens or he just bombs the rest of the way. I don't see that happening, though, especially after this type of performance. So that's good for him, and it's good for the Panthers if it works out, but we'll see how that goes. But other matchup we're going to talk about, we got the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs end up winning 19-9. to This was a game that, to be honest with you, I did not expect to see at all. I knew Kansas City, and this is something I had talked about earlier on in the year. I said Kansas City, if they were going to have a shot, they were going to have to turn it around. It was looking real bad for them earlier on. I didn't think they had much of a shot, but all of a, and that's just because this seems like their defense just one week just decides to flip the switch they end up playing like one of the best defenses in the NFL to me it makes no sense whatsoever but for them that's exactly what you want to happen defense finally wakes up playing good football I mean the Cowboys didn't even get in the end zone in this one they had nine points all off of field goals I mean that's phenomenal defense and it allows Patrick Mahomes not to have to win every single football game for you and because of that they're seven and four now versus having the losing record that they had just a couple of weeks ago and so if you're the Chiefs right now, you're in a good spot. You've got a win streak going. You've got to continue to keep it rolling. That defense has got to continue to perform at that level. Now, here's the only problem that if you're the Chiefs, you have to worry about. It, to me, it seems like they're peaking at their absolute best football right now. Now, it's not to say they couldn't get better, but right now it just seems like this is the best that they are, to me, might play. They could get better. I'm just saying this is, looks like this is the best they might play. And if that's the case, you're only at this is they've only played game eleven. I mean, this is yeah, game eleven for them. Eleven games. You have six more to go in the regular season, and then you have the playoffs. So for them, it is going to be paramount that they stay on top of their game and they can continue to ride that because we've seen it time and time again teams get hot middle of the season teams get hot earlier in the season it fizzles out you get to playoff time and you struggle against whichever hot team is you know hot at that time and that's usually what happens so for me if you're I mean if you're a Kansas City fan you have to watch for that I mean obviously you're happy with this type of stuff but that's something you definitely have to watch for and I know people are going to call me crazy saying oh they're playing they're just playing good football this is what we expected well you're playing this is literally some of the best brand of defense we've seen all year you hold an offense like the Cowboys to nine points constantly frustrate Dak Prescott I mean that's I mean that's good defense I just don't see how they carry that the whole rest of the season into the playoffs I just don't see it happening and it's been over the last couple of weeks they're just playing really good football right now defensively offense though they got to pick it up a little bit and I think that's in part just due to Mahomes he's he's turning the ball over still a little bit he had one interception in this game that really hurts your offense slows your offense down gives the other team the ball back with momentum you can't continue to turn the ball. I mean, he didn't have a touchdown pass in this one. So he's got to be a little bit better than what he has been. So that's your only concern right now if you are Kansas City. But they definitely got more out of the running department from them. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had had 12 carries for 63 yards. Uh, 
Hill had one carry for 33 yards. So you're getting more out of your running back department. That's another thing I talked about. You can't be having Patrick Mahomes be the rush, uh, top passer and then be the uh, top rusher at the same time, though. That puts way too much on his shoulders. So that's good that they're getting that. That's helped them win this game, obviously. But at the same time, though, you definitely have to get more from Mahomes. He's supposed to be this MVP candidate. He should easily be giving you 300 and, you know, at least two touchdowns a game MVP and I know that type of stuff is is hard, but it's obviously stuff we've seen him be able to do consistently. And if he's not doing it consistently now, I mean, he's going to have to pick it up at some point for them to be able to go deep in the playoffs. Because like I said, I feel, I really feel at some point that defense is going to not, they're still play. I think they'll still play decent football, but they're going to give up 20 points a game. They're going to get give you that. They're not going to give you nine every game, especially you get in the playoffs against really good teams like Dallas. Dallas isn't going to give you nine very often. So, they're gonna definitely going to give you more that type of scenario. So it's going to definitely be interesting to see if he can finally flip the switch. We saw the defense flip the switch. question is, can he flip the switch now? So that's something to watch for, something we'll definitely keep up with. Uh, Dallas, they just got to be better. I mean, I don't know what else you really have to say about it. Rushing yards, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott only had nine carries for 32 yards. Pollard only had seven carries for 50 yards, so you're only at a total of 82. That's definitely got to be more. And then Dak Prescott only has 216 yards passing, has two interceptions. Once again, got to take care of the football. So for them, overall, they just have to be better. Defense wasn't bad at all. Obviously, they frustrated Mahomes and and, uh, the rushing attack just a little bit. But defense is fine. Offense has got to wake up. I mean, you can just give them... Just give them 20 points and you win this game. So, I mean, you only gave nine, though. So, you need at least a touchdown and a field goal more. So, they got to be better. That's just the bottom line for that. So, with that said, though, that is the NFL moving over to college football. And this weekend was just a fun weekend to watch. Had some good matchups this week and had some matchups that are helping us finally realize how the college football playoff is going to shake up. And just seeing it, we had matchups from, we had, uh, one Oregon and Utah, and then we had, excuse me, trying to pull it up real quick. My thing's not pulling up. Then we had Alabama, Arkansas, and then we had Ohio State and Michigan State. So definitely had some good football games this week. Those were the top three games of the week for us. Obviously, the top game was going to be Michigan, Michigan State and Ohio State with that being a top 10 matchup. So that's who we had as our top game of the week. It did not turn into the top game of the week, and we'll get into that eventually, but Oregon and Utah, I've said there was heavy potential there. If you read the College Football Preview and Predictions article, there was heavy potential for an upset there, and Utah did exactly what they were supposed to do. So Oregon, to me, knocked out of the playoff picture. We'll get into that matchup. But the matchup I want to start out with, going to look at this Arkansas-Alabama game. This is probably the third best game of the – well, it was the better game out of these three, but in terms of playoff picture, in terms of significance, this is probably the third third game of the week. So looking at this one, though – This is the example I gave people earlier on, and people kept saying this over and over. They kept talking about, with Alabama, how Nick Saban has always just been able to get something out of his defense at some point. We were... I think we were at week nine, and I was still hearing stuff. I talked about it on the podcast. was hearing stuff about how Alabama was just going to flip that switch. They'd be ready for Georgia defensively. The offenses continued to roll, and then they hit A&M, and then they hit Tennessee, and they just struggled slowly along the way. They still won games. You struggle with LSU. You win those games, but obviously you're not. You're so inconsistent on how stuff is. One day your defense gives you a good performance. The next they don't. It's just very, very up and down when it comes to them, and this was no different. Their offense had to absolutely carry them. We saw a monster game from Bryce Young in this one, and this will very well help his Heisman candidacy and 
this may be even the game that they look back and say hand it to him because he was 31 of 40, 559 yards passing, five touchdowns. He was phenomenal. They got 27 carries and 122 yards out of Brian Robinson Jr. That was good for four and a half average. So they got a lot from their offense. We expected that, especially playing against the Arkansas defense that has went from it. They looked good at the beginning of the year to not so good in the last half of the year. And so that's why I had this final score being 42-38 Alabama. Ended up being 42-35 Alabama. So right around what I expected because I do not trust Alabama's defense. And once again, that's what goes into this. We see Alabama's defense have one of those games where you see where just a couple of weeks ago they held LSU to 14 points, and then they turn around and they give you a 35 points to Arkansas. And obviously Arkansas was pulling some tricks out. They had the they had the fake the fake uh the fake field goal, fake punt. They had that type of stuff in there, but at the same time, though, it's your job as a defense to prepare for that stuff, be prepared for all of that, and they weren't. And so their defense continues to struggle. They, to Watching this game, their defensive line got pushed around a good bit, especially when it came to that rushing attack. They were able to really get out there. They had a, It was only 110 yards, but just watching how they were able to especially get outside and shift that line was to me, something to watch for because if that is not corrected in two weeks when Georgia and Alabama meet for an SEC championship, that is definitely something that is going to hurt them. But they got hurt down the field, especially as well with this passing attack from K.J. Jefferson. That was something I didn't expect. I expected a little bit more from the rushing attack, but that is another concern that now pops up. So it just seems like they're getting hit from different ways. You don't know which way they're going to get hit inconsistencies. We saw the Florida game. We saw A&M game. They get hit in the hit in the line, get physically beat up. Now, in the same in, at the same time in that A and M game, they got beat up downfield passing with Zach Calzada. He did a good job in that one, but this one was just really bad. I mean, KJ Jefferson, twenty two of thirty, three hundred twenty six yards, three touchdowns. Joker was lights out this whole entire game, and he obviously got some major help from Burks in the receiving department with eight receptions, one hundred seventy nine yards. But that just goes to show if you can put some good receivers out there who can really just run clean routes, do what they're supposed to do, and you got a quarterback who can get the ball down the field, you're going to be in good shape. And at the same time, though, if you can add a decent rushing attack, you should be able to score points. So looking at this, this matchup, if you're watching this and you're an Alabama fan, you got to be concerned, especially with some of the teams you're about to play. Auburn, they're going to hit you with the rush. The question is, though, obviously we know this is where I thought this matchup was going to be closer earlier in the year just because they had Bo Nix. Bo Nix was starting to play better. He can hit a deep ball down the field. Now I'm not thinking this that matchup's going to be so close. They may not have to worry about that one as much. But looking at the Georgia matchup, you see where Arkansas has the potential for the rush attack. And then we've seen where Georgia has multiple quarterbacks who can come in and get the ball down the field and have done – well, for the most part of the year, haven't really struggled in that department, even though a lot of people thought they were. So they haven't really had any struggles in that. So it's a major concern on the defensive side of the ball. And so offense, obviously, you don't feel like you have any worries. But once again, this off this defense from Arkansas was very suspect coming in, especially after a hot start. They just completely trailed off. I mean, they gave up 50, 52 to Ole Miss. They gave up a high amount of point, 37 to Georgia. Here you go, 42 to Alabama. The defense has not been very good this year, so this was expected. Alabama did what they were supposed to. They got the win. They clinched the SEC West. They will play Georgia in the SEC Championship, and that's going to be a game you'll probably have. You'll, as of right now, you'll have number one versus number two, so definitely going to be a game to keep up with. We will have that. That will be our game of the week when that rolls around, no matter what. We're not seeing a better matchup when it comes to conference championship play, so that is going to be our game of the week. Give you a heads up on that one, but moving over, next game we're going to talk about, and... 
Let's see, this one we're going to move to the Ohio State and Michigan State game. This one was the game of the week. It did not turn into the game of the week. That's why I'm going to go ahead and jump to it. It has significance to it, obviously, with it being a top 10 matchup, but the Oregon one obviously holds way more significance just due to the fact how it shakes up the playoff picture. Now, look, looking at this game, I mean, I don't know how it's really characterized this game any different way other than just total annihilation. I mean, Ohio State comes in scores on their first seven drives. C.J. Stroud was absolutely phenomenal. He, I mean, had 400 yards passing and six touchdowns at the half, basically. He ends up finishing 32 of 35 for 432 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, just crazy, crazy good. And then Teague had 21 carries for 95 yards, so the rushing attack continues to look good. Travion Henderson, nine carries for 63 then look over at Michigan State and you look at their stats and you can tell this is exactly where things went wrong for them. And I said it in the the preview and predictions article talking about it, was that if they did not get more from their quarterback position, they would not do well if they did not have a very, very strong offensive output. felt their defense would be a little bit better than they were in this one. I felt a lot of that had to do with just Ohio State's offense being good, also getting hot at the right time. But looking at this, the offense was absolutely terrible. I mean, they just went completely flat. They only had 21 carries for 66 yards. The Heisman Trophy candidate, Kenneth Walker III, had six carries for 25 yards. And if your Heisman Trophy candidate is sitting here and he's only getting six carries for 25 yards against a top-five team, you're not winning a football game. And so, I mean, that's over a whole game, though. I mean, much less a quarter. I mean, that's a whole game. And so it was just evident very early on, just from the, I mean, from the kickoff, that this was not going to be much of a game. And there's something that I think a lot of us overlooked in this, including myself, when we looked at this matchup. I knew Ohio State would be able to score. They've had success. They got a good quarterback. They got the probably the best receiving core in the nation when you look at it. But here's something a ton of people missed, and I didn't hear anybody talking about media personality, anybody talk about it, because it's one of those buried stats that you really have to find. But oh. Uh, Michigan State in this matchup was 130th out of 130 schools in Power 5 when it comes to passing defense. They were giving up over 300 yards a game passing when it comes to just the statistics. And so you factor that in with the fact that Ohio State has the best receiving core in the nation. They got a Heisman candidate quarterback out there. It's a terrible, terrible recipe for success if you're Michigan State. They had none whatsoever. I mean, absolute blowout. And so you got to give credit, though, to Ohio State's defense. They stepped up. They were better in this matchup than they had been. So that is a trend in the right direction. That is also why I've continued to put Ohio State into at number two in my top 25 over the last couple of weeks. To me, they feel like a better team than anyone else. You don't have the consistencies like Alabama does. Oregon, obviously, I didn't trust them because – because of this, and good reason, I just kind of felt like they were inconsistent as well. Ohio State has felt more consistent. Now, do I feel like they're a complete team? No. Do they play better offenses than this? Yes, I feel like they're going to play a better one in Michigan this coming week. Will they play a better defense? Yes, they're not getting 56 against Michigan. If they do, you might as well close the lights and turn. I mean, shut the door because if they're putting up 56 on Michigan, then everybody who they play is going to be in trouble, including Georgia. But obviously, that's just – being facetious they're obviously not going to get 56 on Michigan Michigan's got a way better defense passing defense is going to be way better I feel like that'll be a closer game obviously we'll have that one broken down on the preview and predictions for you but that should be a fun game to watch having the at that point it's probably going to be a top five matchup you'll probably have either number two or number three Ohio State and then you'll probably have number five Michigan sitting there so that's what I'm expecting but um going to be a fun matchup to watch but 
looking at that stat, that was just one of those ones that got buried. No one really talked about. No one expected them to just get absolutely destroyed through the air. But that's exactly what happened. I mean, you go 32 or 35, that, that's the defense's fault. Obviously, your quarterback can get hot. I felt like that was the case as well. But your defense, when it's that bad, you can't even get anything more than three pass breakups. You're just in a bad, bad scenario, and you're just a bad, bad defense. So it's very surprising to see, though, coming from a Mel, Mel Tucker defense, which was we all know was the defensive coordinator at Georgia. And that's just in large part, too. You go from just last year, they were absolutely terrible last year, to this year you come in and – they're, I mean, they're better overall. They got better players offensively. They got better players def- you know, defensively as well. But you're still going to have pieces where you're lacking at, and that's what we finally saw when it comes to these types of matchups. We saw it against Purdue. It was bad then, but it was even worse here in this Ohio State matchup, not being able to stay with receivers whatsoever. So that's the downside for it. So if you're Ohio State, though, you're sitting here, you're sitting pretty. You're looking like, to me, if you're the, the playoff committee, Alabama looked shaky. Ohio State did not. Oregon lost, obviously. I'm moving Ohio State up to number two. You got Georgia one, Ohio State two. Ohio State plays Michigan, and obviously that game is going to be a decider because if they beat Michigan, they'll probably win the Big Ten. They're going to be a lock for the playoffs. So the question is, though, looking at some of these other stuff, who else is going to get in? And obviously that stuff we'll look at later in the week. We'll break it down more when we see the rankings after Tuesday night when we see them come out for the college football playoff rankings. We'll get more into that. But that's a huge win for Ohio State. It's a good job by them. And they're obviously happy sitting there with that. So other matchup, though, looking at this, this is the one that holds more significance in terms of the playoff picture because you had Oregon sitting here, and everyone thought at this point they had beaten Ohio State. That was probably the best win of the year for anybody. And then they come into Utah, and everyone's talking them up. They're number three. They win this. They go to the Pac-12 championship. They will probably win that, and then they'll advance. They'll be a lock. The Pac-12 will get in finally after all these years of being left out over the last few. And then they come in and just absolutely fall apart. I mean, just drop an egg in this matchup. And Utah comes in and does a really, really good job. Offensively, defensively, though, especially only giving up seven to that Oregon offense. And here is where, and then this is why I felt, this is trending this direction. As you go and look at the matchups for Utah over the last couple of weeks, the past two or three weeks, they have played better football. The defense has played better, and the offense has trended in the right direction. And because of that, I felt this was a very dangerous game for Oregon, having to go to Utah and play basically in a night game, 7.30. Not 7.30 there, but basically a night game getting dark early, obviously. So crowd was amped up. They got a bigger crowd there now at Utah. So it was just a it was a bad situation for Oregon. And people keep talking about how much or how little that CJ Verdell they keep they want to miss that factor. They keep forgetting that CJ Verdell was so big for Oregon earlier in the year and he was a huge reason they were able to win that matchup at Ohio State. And then he gets injured a couple of weeks ago out for the rest of the year. And then all of a sudden it just they played some some bad to mediocre teams and they blow them out. Everyone's sitting here, oh, they're going to be fine. But then you actually play a real top-level competition, and you see you're not fine. You go from C.J. Verdell, who's given you consistently over 100 yards a game, to you go here, you have 23 carries for 63 yards. And it's just not good whatsoever, and you're not going to win many games with that. And then you look at 
Anthony Brown in this where he was 17 to 35, not even throwing 50% of his, completing 50% of his passes, had 231 yards for one touchdown. They were able to get into, into Utah territory, I mean, a couple of different times. It just seems like every time they hit there, they were just instantly getting backed out with something or they were just not, I mean, not able to finish the deal. And so biggest, a couple of big things looking down the, down the statistics for them they were six to 14 on third down you got to be better than that um like i said rushing yards really sticks out to me 23 carries for 63 that's just terrible penalties weren't too bad you had six for 45 that's i mean that's not terrible but they didn't really turn the ball over i mean at all so i mean you're sitting there looking at it i mean it just comes down to that rushing yardage not being able to complete drives when you get into utah territory so that's just some big factors for them and so that was something that i was worried about coming into this you go on the road you have to have your offense and offense does not carry very well when you go on the road in these matchups and i mean the defense has to be blamed as well they gave up 38 in this matchup and i mean you look on the other side and they played some really good football when you look at when you look for Utah, their quarterback, 10 of 18, 178 yards, and then they got some really good, I mean, rushing attack was phenomenal. He had 50 carries for 208 yards, and I said that's not phenomenal in terms of statistics, like looking at the average, it's 4.2, but you look down the list, they had Thomas with 21 carries, 94 yards, Pledger, 10 carries, 46, Bernard, 5 for 26, Curry, 4 for 25, and that may not be great for the average, but it's good stuff. It's consistent yardage. I mean, you, I mean, you factor it all in, you end up getting 208 yards. They end up winning the rushing attack, win the football game, and that's what you want. So this is just a big matchup, big shakeup, because so many people thought if Oregon won out, Ohio State won out, Georgia ends up, just say they dropped the game to Alabama in the SEC championship, so many thought, that would be your four. Georgia would still sneak in there being as good as they have been all year, only having that one slip up to at that point would be the number two team in the country. So you, so many people were wondering if a undefeated Cincinnati was going to get left out. And so now with this, I don't think you really have to worry about that unless you have some crazy, crazy scenario where a two-loss Alabama sneaks in if they lose. I mean, even if even then, I mean, if Alabama lo- – I mean, Georgia loses – Excuse me, if Alabama loses, I just feel like they're out. I don't think they would do that. Um, so right now, if you're Cincinnati, you're sitting in a good spot. I really feel like tomorrow night they'll move up to that four spot. They were sitting five. I think they'll move in finally into the top four. I think you'll see Georgia, either Alabama, Ohio State, then Cincinnati, and then you'll see Michigan at five. Where it gets interesting is where Notre Dame and that Oklahoma State position is going to play out because – a lot of people think Oklahoma State's got a good shot. If they can continue to win out, they can get up there to one of those top spots, and that's something you got to start watching for when it comes down to that Cincinnati matchup and Oklahoma State of whose resume looks better, all that. Obviously, Oklahoma State still has to play Oklahoma. That's a big game as well. So, to me, I just I agree with a couple of different people I've heard, like Kirk Herbstreit, just a couple of different people, and I've said it already when the matchup happened. Notre Dame played Cincinnati, ended up losing that matchup. And to me, I felt that was the end of Notre Dame season just because they are an independent and you don't have that 13th game or that conference championship to help push you over the edge. And so because of them not having that, that's really going to hurt them. So I think what you'll see what happens, either even if they end up at six right in this this week's rankings, what's going to end up happening is, let's just say, I mean, pretty much your top four is going to be up there already in that top five, top, top spots right in there. There's just going to be a little shake of a positioning more than likely um unless like i said somehow someone sneaks in there coming from the backside but if that happens it could be oklahoma state just due to the fact they have that conference championship game and notre dame does not so it's going to be real hard you win this matchup this week everyone else wins this week 
up ahead, which is a very, very good possibility other than sitting here watching the, someone's going to lose out of that Ohio State-Michigan game. So let's just say somehow they are at six. Michigan loses next week. They move up to five. But still, you're sitting here with Georgia-Alabama, Ohio State, and Cincinnati. It's going to be real hard for me to see that changing. Like I said, if Alabama loses a second time, I think they could be out. But here's the thing. If Oklahoma State wins out, they have that Big 12 championship. I really feel like because Notre Dame is dormant on that week, I feel like Oklahoma was um, Oklahoma State would jump them and would be in. Now, a lot of people are going to disagree with that. I don't care. That's just a simple fact. If you want to be able to play in the college football playoff, join a conference. It worked well for you last year when you played in the ACC. You almost won the ACC championship in your first year. You're basically playing the same schedule while you're there. I don't get it. I don't know if it's tradition or what it is. It just doesn't make much sense to me whatsoever. Join a conference, play in a conference championship. I know that what they're really worried about is they're worried about getting that second loss because you'll probably have to play someone like Clemson, and Clemson has done a way better job over the last couple of weeks. Not going to get into that, though, but um, they'd have to play someone like Clemson pretty much consistently every year. Like That was the matchup last year where Clemson came in and just absolutely wrecked them, and it's gonna be it would be the same scenario every year because Notre Dame consistently underperforms when it comes to big-time matchups, and I just don't see anything changing in that. So I really feel like that's part of the reason – why they are scared to join a conference. Um, that's part of it. I think a lot of it also is tradition. But for them, a lot of Notre Dame fans are going to be mad. They're going to be screaming, our only loss was to Cincinnati. Well, that was really your only huge matchup this whole year. You lost it. How do you think that you're any better than Oklahoma State, who will have a conference championship? They would be Oklahoma they would have beat Baylor. They have these good matchups. They win a conference championship. They should jump you. So they played 13 games. You played 12. Just because you sit out a week doesn't make you any better than them. So that's something that we're definitely going to be watching for. Just some good, really good matchups coming up this week. But once again, Thursday when we have the sports edition again, we will talk about the breakdown of the playoff rankings. It should be interesting. Probably going to have a lot of controversy. We didn't have any controversy last week, that which was good. Didn't have to, you know, with me being out last week, didn't have to really – talk too much about or wasn't really too much to talk about but this week obviously be a lot I think there is going to be some controversy there between that two or three between Alabama and Ohio State and then you'll have some probably around that that line of six and seven seeing how that shakes up between Oklahoma State and Notre Dame so with that said though we will keep you updated with that we'll have more information on that when it comes out Thursday we'll also have some NBA updates have some other sports that we'll talk about give you all the breaking news especially if anything breaks between now and then saturday we'll have the college football preview and prediction show we will get you prepared for all the big games of this week it is officially rivalry week so i know a lot of people are excited about that including myself rivalries anything can happen and so we're hoping anything happens it'd be crazy if some stuff got really shook up so Definitely going to be looking forward to that. We will keep you updated. But tomorrow we will have our politics edition of the Revolution Sports Podcast. Be looking for that. Releases at 8 o'clock per usual, so be looking for us there. If you're wanting breaking news and just any news updates whatsoever, make sure you are following us on social media. You can find the links to our social media pages on our website at therevolutionsports.com. So make sure you look there. Be looking for any articles that's coming out. Our top 25 will be releasing tomorrow morning, so be looking for that when it comes out, having a delay when it comes to that. But after this comes out, we should be right back on track. Friday, preview and predictions article, regular podcast schedule the rest of the week. So I'll be looking for that, though. But thank you for joining us today on this Monday. Hope you have a good one, and we'll see you in the next one.